This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Uh, the B.C. Uh, legislative session wrapped up uh, just the other day. It was a pretty wild session of the legislature, as usual, in a place where you just never know what's going to happen next. Yeah, after covering politics in this province for a long time, I often tell my friends I never have writer's block. There's something always going on, and you just never know what craziness is going to happen next. It can happen at any time. I mean, you can walk into the legislature and take a look at the premier's mugshot spitting out of a fax machine. I remember that happened one day with Gordon Campbell when he got picked up for drunk driving in Hawaii, the infamous Maui Aoi. Or you could see the premier's house getting raided by the cops. Remember when that happened to Glenn Clark? And the cops raided his house and there's a TV camera filming the whole thing through his kitchen window. I mean, just crazy stuff happens. You could show up and the cops will be busting the legislature like they did in the BC Rail scandal. Where you had a whole troop of sergeants, RCMP officials, trooping into the legislature and executing a search warrant and seizing documents in the BC Rail affair. Again, this is just another one that you'd never seen before, and you think, what happens next? The most recent one has been the uproar over Daryl Plekis, the Speaker of the legislature. This guy is like a bull in a china shop. He doesn't care how many dishes he breaks. He's going to do what he's going to do. You can't control this guy. They've tried to control him. You remember a few weeks ago, they brought in Wally Opal to try and rein the guy in. They said, okay, bring him Wally in as an advisor. One of the things that Opal told the guy, and I've got this from good sources, was just shut up. Stop getting everybody upset. Follow normal investigation protocols on this spending scandal around the legislature and just calm everything down. Guy was wasting his breath. That's not the way that Daryl Plekis operates. You can't control this guy. He is uncontrollable. He will do what he's going to do. He will say what he's going to say. Now, the most recent uproar at the legislature is when Plekis decided to copy a bunch of computer hard drives at the B.C. legislature. He said he wanted to do that in order to preserve potential evidence with more investigations going forward. I want you to phone me on that and tell me what you think about it. Because there's some people who think that Plekis is out of control. He should be replaced as the speaker. Others say... He's doing a good job. He's uh, he's rooting out corruption and wasteful spending. And the guy's just doing what he's got to do. I'll tell you one thing, though. There is no love lost between Plekis and the liberals. They hate each other. Now, have a listen to this. This is Andrew Wilkinson, the liberal leader, uh, calling for Plekis to be replaced as the speaker. He uh, ignored that request. And so here we are uh, putting this uh, information on the table. We've also offered, in order to make clear this isn't any kind of political stunt, to put up a B.C. Liberal 
as a speaker until at least next spring, and that has met deaf ears from the NDP. Okay, Wilkinson and the Liberals just kind of hate Plekis because remember what he did to them. He basically stabbed them in the back when he took the Speaker's job. It helped put uh, John Horgan into the Premier's office. It took away a Liberal vote in there. They have never forgiven the guy. Now, the other day on the show, I spoke to a guy named Alan Mullen. He is the Chief of Staff to Daryl Plekis, kind of the Robin to his Batman. And here is Alan Mullen going after the Liberal leader. I honestly, and I want to say this on a personal note, I find Mr. Wilkinson's behavior uh, in the last 24 hours and even in the last few months disgraceful, with a capital D. Absolutely disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. That's what the chief of staff or the speaker of the legislature says about the leader of the opposition. I've never seen stuff like this before around this place. Like I said, crazy stuff happens. You could have something crazier happen tomorrow. But let's check in with Keith Baldry about it now. He's the global BC legislature bureau chief. You've seen a few crazy things around this place over the years. We've just had this session wrap up. More fireworks with Plekis. What do you think about this whole Plekis situation right now? Well, I think it's a toxic workplace situation. I, you know, the, the, the fight between liber the Liberals and Plekis is one thing, and that's a political fight. It's unprecedented to have a speaker so partisan, and for Alan Mullen to, as his representative, to go after one political leader uh, like that is, again, unprecedented. But I look at it uh, from the point of view of the people who work at the legislature, and I've talked to so many people who, who come up to me and volunteer their opinion. Plekis is, I think, um, looked upon extremely disfavorably by the people who work at the legislature, not the political staff, not the people who come and go, depending on who wins the election. I'm talking about the security guards, the dining room people, the librarians, the custodians, the people who work here, and this is their workplace, view this as a, a workplace bullying situation. It's got nothing to do with Plekis versus Wilkinson. It's Plekis versus the, the people who actually work here. And that's why I think is is so troubling. I mean, p politics is always going to happen at this place. Obviously, it's a political ch uh, chamber. It's always politically charged. Yeah. But I've never seen a situation where the people who actually work for all sides in the legislature are find this thing so distasteful and basically liken the fact that Daryl Plekis is a workplace bully. Well, it's kind of ironic, isn't it? Because one of the investigations that's going on around here, Keith, is the so-called workplace review, mm -hmm. which is supposed to be looking into bullying and harassment in the workplace is one of the things that, that's examining. And Plekis said that this investigation, one of several still going on, was sparked by a lot of whistleblowers mm -hmm. who came to him privately and said, look, these terrible things happened to me in this building, and he wanted an investigation done on it. Well, so here he is being accused of bullying himself. I, I look at, I invite people to read Beverly McLaughlin's report. Everybody's focused on the fact that Craig James was found guilty of misconduct. Gary the, Lenz, the former clerk. The former clerk. Gary Lenz was absolved by her. But there's also other aspects in there where she actually examines Plekis's other allegations. Yeah. One of the allegations was that he accused the former Sergeant Arms and the, the Deputy Sergeant Arms, Gary An uh, Randy Ennis, of uh, cooking up this scheme to put an employee on a fake job because they were worried about his mental health. In fact, that he was contemplating suicide. Uh, she, found, she interviewed everybody involved and found that completely baseless. She called it bizarre for the speaker to do this. I know the person. We all know the person who was actually the subject of that. Uh, he, his last day was uh, last week. He came in to say goodbye to everybody. He's, I, I can tell you, he's furious at, at Plekis, as are other Sergeant Arms staff, for trumpeting up this, this bizarre 
accusation about two employees cooking up this sort of scheme when McLaughlin interviewed everybody and said it was completely baseless and pointless. So Daryl Plekis, I think, gets a free ride by from a lot of people who think he's warning out corruption. He's he is congratulations for you know going after Craig he did James. Take, he did take down the, yeah, the clerk exactly. But I think by going further and making more allegations against other people in this building. In fact, in the in, in the meeting he had with the House leaders last week. Uh, he accuses his own security staff of corruption, wants a police investigation. And I've talked to, I'd say, a dozen of the security staff who are all highly trained police officers. These are not just random people. They are uh, highly skilled, highly trained police officers from various detachments. They're absolutely furious Who have a him. very important job around the place, by the way, they, on things like anti-terrorism preparation and keep, stuff like that. They keep all of us safe. They do, yeah. They're very professional. And again... And uh, is, it, is it true that they're thinking of forming a union yes, now they are. because they're so mad at Pluckus? Well, I think it goes beyond the security force. The VCGU is in this building as we speak, talking to people about certifying to join uh, their union. So I think it could very well extend beyond uh, the security force because everybody here now feels somewhat threatened by a speaker who thinks he's on a crusade but I and, and with Alan Mullen, but I don't think they realize the impact they're having. Again, forget Andrew Wilkinson and the liberals. We're yeah. talking the people who actually work in the building. They're the ones who are so furious okay. and afraid for their jobs. They're thinking of unionizing. Okay, Wilkinson and the liberals are very clear that they've lost confidence in Plekis and they want him replaced, but that clearly nah. is not going to happen. No. Especially, well, under the rules of the legislature, you can't get rid of a speaker unless he basically is voted out of office or resigns or dies. You know, that, that's the only way... Legally, yeah. but I mean, if all three House leaders went to the guy privately and said, look, we've all lost confidence in you. We want you to resign. Presumably the guy would maybe step aside. But that's not happening because you got Horgan and the NDP House leader, Mike Farnworth, and also the Green Party, their governing partner, saying, we still support this guy. If this guy is so bad, why are the NDP and Greens sticking with him? Well, they need him in the chair because they can. it's one less vote for the Liberals. Yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's all about one vote. And, but the uh, Liberals said, we'll put up another one of our Well, people. that was sort of a hollow promise because Wilkinson only agreed to put up a speaker until next spring. And that's yeah. what's the point of that? If you're the NDP, why would you Why would you, you know, go for that? I've, I've talked to New Democrats and Greens about this. They're really rolling their eyes at Plekis, but I think they're just hoping things calm down. Okay. And Alan Mullen told you there's no more investigations right now, which I think is also lowers the temperature, if that is actually true. Star 9898 on your cell. You just wrote a column, Keith, saying you thought the NDP basically won the legislative session that just wrapped up. Why it, do you think that? Well, I think on a daily basis, uh, I mean, the Liberals got in a few good shots. I mean, they, they forced Horgan to have a an inquiry into gas prices. Uh, they made Ginny Sims look foolish, the Citizen Services Minister, over her emails. Uh, they got Horgan to admit their whole uh, plan to protect the caribou at the expense of forestry operations was a bust. Uh, but I think day in and day out, you saw an NDP government increasingly confident of its hold on government, the Greens increasingly showing that they are part of the conversation on certain policies, but they're not going to bring the NDP down. So the NDP, I think this last session, it magnified uh, and put into full light their grip on power. It's Remember, Mike, right after the election, we were all wondering, how long is the NDP going to last? You know, a minority like government typically lasts a couple yeah, of years or less. Yeah, and this is, I think, a de facto majority because the Greens are not going to bring these guys down. And I think that's starting to settle in on everybody. And I think it, the NDP is becoming more confident. The Liberals, by contrast, I still think a lot of them are continuing to be in denial. I wrote that it's like they're in a, they think they're in a bad dream, that they're going to wake up one day and find themselves on the other side of the, of the, of the uh, chamber floor. That's not going to happen. Uh, and again, some of them, I think the newcomers don't have that type of baggage because they had no experience yeah. in government. But I think it's, it's the old guard has to give way or make room for the new guard. And the Liberals really 
really have to rebrand themselves and redefine themselves and, and renew themselves. And I don't think they're very far along on that on that journey. I think one of the things that's problematic for the Liberals right now, and I think they're secretly scared about this, but they never would admit it, and it's that money laundering inquiry that mm-hmm. will likely be up and running by the fall. And once again, this is uh, spearheaded by David Eby, the Attorney General, who is just, in my mind, is probably turned in the most the most effective cabinet minister that w- Horgan's got. And the guy's just swinging a political wrecking ball at the liberals. Every yeah. time he talks about this money laundering stuff, the liberals are taking damage and they know it darn well. And this political, uh, this public inquiry in the fall, I'm sure the NDP are hoping they'll continue to inflict damage on the liberals with it. Oh, I think the money laundering, <laughs> as long as they're hurting the NDP that much. I mean, people say, oh, you know, gaming, uh, casinos developed on the NDP's watching the 90s. True, but I don't think Austin Cullen, the commissioner, is going to spend a lot of time looking on what happened in the 1990s. He's going to look at something more up-to-date, more recent, and that brings into play what happened on the Liberals' watch. So I think this is only bad news to the BC Liberals. But again, it'll be interesting how many people actually make it to the witness stand before lawyers get involved here. So, uh, But certainly the Liberals have the most to lose with what could become sort of an ongoing, never-ending soap opera uh, that lasts well until... I mean, he's supposed to report out before the general election in, in October 2021. He's supposed to come in, in I think, in May. Uh, but there's every reason to think that that he may have to extend that. He's got a lot on his plate to look at. Something like, I think, 10 sectors he's got to look at, uh, examine for potential money laundering. I'm not sure he can do that in the, in the short time frame. One, of the, one of the things I think is really troubling for the Liberals right now is there are, there have already been some whistleblowers that have come forward on this file and mm-hmm. have told really interesting stories about what they saw and observed about money laundering in casinos and real estate and with the police that were supposed to be on top of this. And I'm thinking of guys like Ross Alderson, who yep. was formerly with the uh, the uh, BC Lottery branch that was in charge of money laundering. A guy named Fred Pinnock, who's a former police officer who's come forward. There, there are several others, sort of very brave whistleblowers that mm-hmm. have come forward. And there could be, you can see those, I can see those guys testifying on the stand and really damaging the yep. liberals with what they have to say. And there could be more. There's probably a lot more people who got stuff to say that haven't had the courage to come forward. But once they have the protection of a public inquirer, they're subpoenaed. Uh, they come forward and they can inflict more damage on well, the liberals. So far, we've heard what, from whistleblowers in the gaming industry. So I wonder if we're going to hear from whistleblowers in the real estate sector, uh, the banking sector, the money lending sector, uh, luxury car sector. These are the other areas that Austin Collins has been tasked to to examine as well. So it's not just gambling. It's going to it's very far reaching and, and encompassing. Which again, I wonder if he can get it all done in the short time frame he's been given. What can the liberals do to kind of defend themselves or blunt these attacks or to turn into around or change the channel and, and get it onto something else. I mean, we talked earlier on the show today about p- uh, private auto insurance, for example, that's frequently brought up by Wilkinson that maybe we should have private car insurance in this mm-hmm. province. They're, you can see how they're looking for an, an issue to yep. kind of get the public focused on and to make the the NDP the bad guys. Well, ICBC is a, is a good issue to hit on if you're, if you're the Liberals. Um, there are big changes coming to our insurance rates in September, October. Uh, that's going to get a lot of people's attention. That will knock anything with money laundering off off the table for a while because people will be focused on their insurance rates. And David Eby says most people will benefit from the changes, but that doesn't mean hundreds of thousands of people will be put at a disadvantage. And the, I think the Liberals will try to tap into that. I think the NDP is always vulnerable historically on issues like taxation. So the speculation tax, the employees' health tax, employers' health tax, that's going to start to take root, I think. And uh, again, nobody really likes to talk about taxes in this okay. process. 
province, and I think that's a vulnerability for the NDP as well. We got one minute left. What about this gas price inquiry that Horgan has ordered? Yeah. Isn't this inquiry a joke, yeah. especially when it's not looking at taxes or probably not even going to look at the Trans Mountain pipeline either? No, I think it's very limited in scope. I don't think it's going to do anything. It might it might give a nice little uh, explanation of why gas prices are what they are, but they're not going to cause prices to go down. Thanks for coming in. All right, appreciate it. That's Keith Baldry, the Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News.